Thank you. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, and we are about to draw the Powerball. If you get five numbers, you win a million dollars. That's what this music sounds like to me. Like I'm about to pull Powerball numbers. Little balls are going to come out. We're spinning the giant yeah, exactly. right. ping pong balls right now, <laughs> building anticipation. That's what this music sounds like to me. Anyway, live, dimly lit room, etc., etc. Good morning, how you doing? And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Constitution, which is in crisis. <laughs> Again, as usual. You know, I figured out what the national pastime is. It's not baseball. The national pastime, at least for the media... Is wild speculation about hypotheticals. Yes. That's funny. We got an email saying precisely that as part of mailbag. Oh, really? That That's yeah. that's our national pastime. We come up with the wildest hypothetical around Trump that you can think of, and then you discuss it for like a day. And then spin hypotheticals off of that hypothetical. <laughs> right. Jump what on those. What the hell? Anyway, is this music end at some point? And the numbers are seven, four, three, two, and one. I hope you won. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> Strange that they were all single digits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I don't play the lottery. It's the first so. time it's ever happened in <laughs> four weeks. I don't know how it works. Uh, yeah, anyway. So there you go. Um, yeah, okay. we'll get into it. Hope you all had right. a good weekend. Hope you didn't eat too much. Why would I mention oh, that? God, I did. I really did. Oh, my God. You did? Oh, my weight is up. Up. Uh, way up. You know what I do? And I keep my weight steady, but my problem is I... I uh, I lose my discipline early, and then I have to starve myself the rest of the day to break even, which is what Perfect. all the which is what all the doctors recommend. Right, eat, exactly. un, uh, eat unhealthily at some point, and then starve yourself the rest of the day. You're actually doing unwittingly the intermittent fasting, which is one of the new kind of dietary trends where you shove all your eating into yeah. as small of window as possible. <laughs> yeah, except there's not intermittent gorging as part of that. That's not. We went to Black Bear Diner yesterday. My six year old said my favorite restaurant. And we pulled into the driveway or the, the parking spot, and he said, I can s- taste the pancakes and I can smell the syrup. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. He right. was so excited. Sweet anticipation. And at the end of the meal, because he is my son, he was dipping his bacon in the butter. And he said, this is delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Buttered bacon. <laughs> so there you go. He's, he's definitely my son. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Yeah, slurred it all together, doesn't matter. Uh, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Hey, I'm doing great. You might be able to relate to this, Jack. Uh, my dad you know, they, and my mom, they live up in the rural areas. they got to cut weeds and stuff like that. All these years, they've just had one of those cheap you know, lawn tractors that really doesn't do the job. Well, he put out the money and, and got a real tractor and 
got it on Friday, and he's just delightful. But I mean, he's just really enjoying it. But now I expect him to put in roads where there doesn't need to be roads. It's just you know he's just using this tractor just to use. Absolutely, it. if you got a tractor, you got to pull things, you got to knock things down, you got to move things around, you got to yeah. justify your expense. You have to do it. So you just create you know tasks to do now. So I Absolutely. expect him to put in like a highway around the house. Makes and you stuff feel like tough. That. Yeah. Um, there is a positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. A quick note from the world of sport. Now, we all remember J.R. Smith from last week. He was the, the gentleman of the Cavaliers who grabbed the rebound, didn't know the score, proceeded to dribble out to the parking lot uh, instead of trying <laughs> to win the game. Uh, when asked about it after the game, J.R. Smith said, quote, and it is quotes like these why he is one of my favorite people to ever grace this planet. I told somebody right after the game that I'm glad it happened to me as opposed to anybody else on my team. It's not a situation that everybody can handle. Wow. Oh, my. Yes. Wow. Yes. J.R. Smith is my hero. What an interesting way to go about a major mistake. I'll have to hang on to that one for myself. I'm just glad I made the mistake because I think I'm strong enough to handle. That is amazing. (laughs) J.R. Smith also of the quote that going 0 for 50 is better than going 0 for 10 in a game because going 0 for 10 meant you stopped shooting. I like Yes! I like the way the Warriors fans were chanting MVP when he was at the free throw line. That is hilarious. Wow. That is hilarious. So finally tuned sarcasm. <laughs> oh, that's great. There's Marshall Phillips who uh, does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hurting for certain today. I got to tell you, I had a weekend training setback. <laughs> Got into my push-up training over the weekend, found out I could not even do three in a row. I tried, mindly, I did two in a row on Saturday, two in a row on Sunday, and I managed to pull a muscle doing those. Oh, man, you did two push-ups. <laughs> I'm still... Well, four total. Yeah. That's yeah. right over two days. Yeah. That's I, a lot. I'm pushing to do ten in a row by the end of this month, but I hate it. You know, I was on fire there for a while. <laughs> you were. You'd done three. Yes. And now we're back to two. So 33% I just, uh, what did it Yeah, and it wasn't three good ones either. So well, you don't see them. Um, so, no, I was straight as a board. They were excellent. No, he's three. talking about the unsighted practice rounds. Oh, when he oh three, yeah, yeah, three of the super right, right, allegedly, right. yeah, right. My mistakes on a, a wind-dated track. <laughs> yes. Um. So, are you capable of competing at this point, or where'd you pull oh, your I'm, muscle? I'm, I'm competing. Uh, I'm not giving up. It's just uh, you ten know, by I, the end of this month. Yes. <laughs> just I, I need to stretch more. I need Why? to. Uh, I need to work on my glutes. You, you know, need your adductors rubbed on. That's yeah, what Joe, you need. boy. Oh, yes. Ask Al Gore about that. Yeah, go right. ahead. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I've generally backed you in this, but I'm not sure you're going to make ten by the end of the month. Have you uh, gotten into your exercise no. machine? No, uh, that's that's a good retort, and I'm making fun of your uh, push-ups. You have, you, is the fact that a, I have not yet stepped foot on the elliptical that I got into the house. It is inside, though. It yeah. is inside. Okay. And it's been there a month, right? Toys are starting to pile around it. I would have to clear a path <laughs> to get to it at this point. The fact that it's inside, well, let's take a look at the data. Hmm. Same uh, number of uses as when it was outside. <laughs> Same number of uses if it was in Omaha. <laughs> hmm. Same number of uses as if Elon Musk had shot into the space. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this uh, Monday, June 4th, year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, let's begin now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. And Mark. Well, they did treat him differently uh, than other Democrats and Republicans because they... Why? It was the political press. Uh, You know, I don't know. They liked him. And they liked having the first African-American president. And he was a good president, I think. 
I don't agree with President Trump's assessment of his service. Bill Clinton saying uh, Barack Obama got treated differently by the press, but won't say why. We have uh, a lot more, a lot more exciting stuff from Bill Clinton's fiery interview he did, where he gets into the Monica stuff, and they really press him on it, and he's getting more and more comfortable and really hating it. And who wouldn't hate it? <laughs> Twenty years later, being asked about this, yar. Uh, it's it's pretty good. We'll play you that. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, apparently presidential power includes being able to shoot your former FBI director and not facing prosecution. Yes. That is according to the president's own personal lawyer. That is correct. I've read the Constitution, Marshall, and that's in there. Nobody reads till the end. There's all sorts of interesting crap in there. You should see what it says about horse racing. It's amazing. Another volcano explodes as the world's ring of fire stirs. And yes, the Warriors win with another amazing performance from Steph Curry. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. How does the bag of mail look? Very nice. We have some weekly shower thoughts, some uh, philosophizing in a man who was homeless by his choice for 18 months. His tale. The Bill Clinton interview is pretty good. I think you'll find that entertaining. Also, that new book out from uh, Ben Rhodes, one of Barack Obama's top advisors, some of the nuggets from that, when Obama was thinking at various points during his presidency. Pretty damned interesting. Take me home, country Ben Rhodes. Stay with us. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Cuddling if goat yoga is leaving you wanting. Yeah, somebody sent us a link to that and it, it made me roll my eyes. Yeah. I don't know. Or does it speak to our need to get back to the land, Jack? Back to our kinship with the beasts of the field. I hadn't thought that there was anything real to it, but maybe there is. Out of the concrete jungle and back to the jungle jungle. I don't know. I like animals. I got a dog. Every now and then, I uh, when I visit a, a state fair or county fair, something like that, I'll check out the livestock. And I'm reminded just how massive cows are. They are. I uh, got a couple of dudes who fell to their death rock climbing Yosemite yesterday, friends. That's a, that's a rough story. Yeah, yeah. i tell you what. Yeah, well, it's completely unthinkable for me doing that. So, I, you know, I feel terrible for the people who get snuffed doing it. But I, I've lived a fairly happy life not doing it at all. So... Yeah, you know, I just, they're doing what they loved, as they say. I'm with Louis C.K., not showing my penis to people, but I'd rather die doing something I hate. Oh, good, I don't have to continue doing this. <laughs> hey, I got out of mowing the lawn. Yeah, yeah, mailbag. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, you walk in the DMV, the line's enormous, and yeah. the big one comes. Boom! <laughs> Good time is Never any? mind. Here's our uh, freedom-loving quote of the day in that knowledge is power, and power is freedom, and freedom is knowledge. Okay. Or something. Marie Curie, the great scientist, said, Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. There you go. Seek knowledge, my friends. That's the message. I'm not sure I followed that. 
Oh, did you hear about the FBI? You need more knowledge, I fear. How yes? about the FBI agent who was dancing at a club, his gun found out of his pocket, and went off and shot somebody? Is that what happened? Wow. He did a backflip, the gun fell out, and then, yes. Did his signature move, and uh, kerblew it. Wow. Well, well, see, somebody, it was a breakdance circle. Somebody else did a flat backflip. He couldn't be outflipped, so. Because he could flip. Yeah. You don't want to stand there like you can't flip when you can flip. Everyone's looking at him like he can't do a backflip. Right, right. More on that later. That's unfortunate. Here are your weekly shower thoughts as compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City. Sent them along to us. Uh, just a few met my uh, my filter, met my standards here. but Which are legendarily high. Oh, my God, yeah. Although sometimes I'll, I'll uh, two hours later, I'll look at it and think, that was funny. Why didn't I read that one? Surly. Maybe I'm f- feeling surly today. Started the day surly. I know I feel surly today. Smelling a barbecue in your neighborhood must be like when sharks smell blood in the water. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we were up at the Wald Compound in the Woods this weekend, and, and Baxter Boy, he loves being up there, but he, he sniffs constantly. We take these long walks, and he's just, he's, his nose is on the ground almost all the time. And, and I watch him, and I think, what must it be like to see the world through smells, through your nose? What are you... What's the landscape look like? I mean, what's a, what's the threat level? What's it? Because sometimes you'll just stop and look up, and his ears cock, and he's like, what the, what the, what? And I'm looking around <laughs> thinking, yeah, what? What is my question, too? Everything's fine. But who knows? There's something crouching over there in the underbrush. I can't see it. But he smelled it. It's fun to watch, though. The most annoying thing about the... the hmm, Pronouncing it, apparently. (laughs) The most annoying thing about the apocalypse would be all of the smoke detectors going off because nobody was around to change the batteries. Mm. So we, the sinners, would be left with the beeping. Of course, you know, if we have enough shotguns and enough ammo, I don't care about smoke alarms. Everybody's dead. Squirrels are basically rat hardware running monkey software. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. That's nice. That's funny. That's a computer joke, don't you? Don't you know? Yeah. Play me out, Paul. <laughs> Here's a nice note from Terry with an I. It's a girl, Terry. Jack's uh, solution to Jack's fat and sugar guilt, having wolfed down a couple of donuts. Correct. I brought home a couple of donuts. Never ate them. Good for you? Eh, I just forgot I had them. Instead of throwing up the donut, Jack, just chew it up and spit it out. Don't swallow it. You still get the taste, but your body doesn't have to digest the sugar and fat. Works great on cruises. Wow. One more reason to enjoy a cruise. People chew up the food, then spit it out? Really? What, overboard or on deck or what? That's gross. It makes more sense than swallowing it, though. The, what makes the most sense is don't put it in your mouth in the first place. Right, right. It's like the wine tasting. Generally speaking, nobody looks down on you if you get the full, you know, uh, the, the taste and the... the uh, the olfactory experience and the rest of it, then spit it out. Yeah, it's funny. I never thought about it, but it is exactly the same thing. You're doing it just because you want to see what the flavor is like. Donut tasting. It's not why I'm doing it. Nobody's, yeah, it's not never where I was doing it either. But uh, the only reason you're eating the donut for is the taste. You don't want anything that's in it. Not really. No. No. I'm, I may try that once. Kind of gross. I'll do it while I'm it alone. It is pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, chewed up donuts about as bad as it gets. <laughs> really. Jack, didn't you uh, at one time call for a neck valve or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a great invention. Yeah. It's where you can chew it up, swallow it, then it comes down a valve. You have a valve, you switch over, 
and then it comes out the side of your neck. Yeah, into a bag a or something. hole in your neck. Yeah. And I think that would be one of the great leaps forward for mankind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. About half what we eat every day, you decide, I don't want this to go into my stomach. Here's a nice note from Brandon. After listening to you guys talk about how many people don't use their vacation time, I decided to use some of mine and take the first real vacation in seven years. I'm taking the last nine days off of June just to relax, catch up on my reading, maybe even do some writing. Thank you again for helping me bite the bullet and take the time off. Wow. A little life guidance. Happy to do it, Brandon. You got to recharge the batteries, man. My brother is a don't take vacation guy. Just feels like he's, you know, letting off gas. Can't do that. Hmm. Well, who am I to tell him how to live? Ah, talk show host. That's right. I tell everybody how to live. You're next. Stay tuned. <laughs> this is kind of an interesting note. Came out of, uh, well, not nowhere exactly, but Mike, who's uh, the proud son of Robert, who's a Battle of Midway veteran. Mm. The late Robert. Wow, one of the great battles in military history. Indeed. On June 4th, 1942, the United States Naval Forces under the command of Rear Admirals Fletcher and Spruance pulled off a surprise attack, sunk four aircraft carriers of the Imperial Japanese Navy at the Battle of Midway. The victory halted the advances of the Japanese Navy and is considered the turning point of the war in the Pacific. It was also considered by uh, some, including military historian John Keegan, as, quote, the most stunning and decisive blow in the history of naval warfare. Mm. Uh, which was an early-ish but incredibly important uh, moment in winning World War II. Uh, Please remind your listeners of the sacrifices which the members of the greatest generation made for the preservation of the free world. Uh, Yeah, all right, Uh, will do. Have done. Mike, thanks for the reminder. Uh, 308 Americans uh, killed in that multi-day battle, which is remarkably low considering, uh, you know, the Japanese losses and and how incredibly important it was. Uh, uh, Quite a number uh, injured as well, but... I appreciate that. Memorial Day kind of comes and goes with a vague uh, sense of, uh, you know, gratitude and the rest of it. But, you know, maybe pick a battle or a war and think about those people. You know, it's funny that he should write us this note. We were, uh, Judy and I went to a, a big railroad museum in Portola, California over the weekend. Um, just kind of on a whim. We'd heard it's really good. And I like trains. And uh, it, it, it so happened that they have an amazing number of locomotives, including quite a few built by her dad. Judy's dad. Oh, wow. And, and his co-workers at the Electromotive Division of General Motors between the 1940s and the 1970s. And so it was, uh, and, and she, he passed away a few years ago. But, you know, speaking of that generation, he was a WW2 and Korean War vet. And it just, it felt really cool to be admiring their handiwork, you know, years after they're gone. And it also reminded me of America's industrial might and how that was so important and in protecting freedom around the world. And, and I had an uneasy sense that now we're kind of just, we move paper around mm-hmm. as a country. And it's it's good work if you can get it, I guess. It's profitable, but I don't know. Making gigantic locomotives, that's definitely cooler. Faster and better than anybody else in the world. Right, right. These massive miracles of engineering and machining. That's a cool thing to have a legacy out there like he does. I'll have no legacy. I'll have nothing out there that you can point to that that's what he did. I remember when you made that joke about uh, (laughs) Al Gore. That was good stuff. Maybe there'll be a museum for that. Uh, There's a bit of news to get to today. Stuff that happened over the weekend. A lot of crazy stuff was said. Oh, man. Get Rudy Giuliani off the TV. Needs to be dissected. We'll get into all that. Bill Clinton going ape. That's a good one. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Serena Williams intimidated by Maria Sharapova's hot, hot body as acclaimed by Donald Trump. Would you like to hear that sentence again? Yes, thank you. Is Serena Williams intimidated by Maria Sharapova's hot, hot body as claimed by Donald Trump? The question was asked in a press conference yesterday. Oh, my. (laughs) As every reporter in the world, their job seems to be, whether you're covering sports, cooking, literature, Politics or anything. Gardening. Is, is to try to get somebody to say something about Trump. Raising fresh herbs in the era of Trump. Wow. Anyway. It uh, seems to me my fennel is just not growing like it used to. And I wondered, could it be because of all the anger coming from Donald <laughs> Trump? <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, somebody was saying a lot about Donald Trump over the weekend. Rudy Giuliani. He was telling a Huff Post that President Trump could have shot former FBI Director James Comey to end the Russian investigation <laughs> and not be prosecuted until after he left office. In that interview on Sunday, Giuliani claimed Trump's power as president extends so far that he cannot be indicted on a criminal charge or even be subpoenaed for questioning. Now, Rudy, of course, says if Trump did shoot Comey, he would be impeached the next day. Then the prosecutors could do whatever they want. Marshall, thank you for including that part of Rudy's admittedly bizarre and not terribly helpful screed. Yes. Um, they're, They're skipping that part on the CNNs and MSNBCs of the world because it interferes with the outrage. Uh, there's plenty to be outraged about, but yeah, that that part pretty much ends it. Rudy saying, oh, no, no, he'd end up in jail immediately. Just I have to impeach him first, then indict him. Here's why I said I think speculation about hypotheticals is our new national pastime, apparently. So I'm watching the various talk shows yesterday. Everybody seems to agree that it's highly unlikely that, that uh, Mueller indicts the president. Then they would go on a 45-minute conversation right. about... But if he does, can Trump resist it? And what happens? Even though everybody agrees it almost certainly won't happen. Right. Um, and then the idea that uh, the president can pardon himself or whatever. Uh, n- nobody knows for certain. But the what Rudy said there, he would be, he'd, he'd be impeached the next day. So, yeah. you know, it's not a problem. It is nothing to worry about whatsoever. If the president went out and shot somebody and then tried to stop the investigation or in, you know, or pardon himself, he'd be impeached that afternoon. And then prosecuted. And and it's not entirely clear that and, it would and, have to wait for the impeachment anyway. And by the way, right. I sucked myself into it. Why are we discussing the most outlandish, out there, unlikely hypotheticals? Why are we doing the this? The shooting of Comey. Why are we doing this? It's a dumb thing to do. Some of it is interesting. Interesting to me. Yeah. The question of the chief law enforcement officer, he, he can't obstruct justice because he decides which justice should be exactly. investigated. That's a really intriguing notion and one that really hasn't been tried in the courts, partly because every time it comes close to getting down to the nut of the thing, the, uh, the politician in charge backs down and resigns, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is impeached and or, or volunteers to testify in the case of William Jefferson Clinton, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole uh, constitutional crisis, the president thinks he's a king thing, which they are. There are tears streaming down their faces on MSNBC. <laughs> six months ago, Trump's legal team, we'll get into this yeah. a little more uh, later, but six months ago, Trump's legal team. Drafted a letter to Mueller saying, hey, we're going to claim this, that, and the other. Right. Um, and, and we're going to fight you every step of the way on all of this. Yep. And here's our view of it. So keep that in mind as you go forward. 
It's, this, it, it's it. It's just lawyers trading legal theories back and forth to try to figure out, all right, how, how far will we actually let you go in grilling the president? Right. The Constitution's fine. Well, you know who else jumped into this uh, whole the mess The president this can't morning? murder people. Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. President Trump has just weighed in on Twitter a few minutes ago. Oh, I'm sure this will be helpful. All right. First, this, will, this will further the discussion and calm people down. This is, this is my prediction. First yes, tweet. Furthering the discussion and calming people down. As has been stated by numerous legal scholars, I have the absolute right to pardon myself. But why would I do that when I've done nothing wrong? In the meantime, the never-ending witch hunt led by 13 very angry and conflicted Democrats and others, continues into the midterms. Second tweet, the appointment of the special counsel is totally unconstitutional. Despite that, we play the game because I, unlike the Democrats, have done nothing wrong. Presidential response. I don't think it's unconstitutional, probably. I do like what he had to say about the uh, tax on soybeans, though. China already charges a tax of 16% on soybeans. Canada has all sorts of trade barriers on our agricultural products. Not acceptable! (laughs) (laughs) In the NBA final, Steph Curry broke an NBA record with nine threes as the Warriors hammered the Cavaliers 122-103 in Game 2 at Oracle Arena. Shots running like these. Curry's going to have to put it up, launches it up, shot clock. Oh, he knocks it down! Steph Curry with the shot clock expiring. Curry finds Green. Back to Curry. Three-pointer. Puts it in. And a foul. And it's Golden State. Curry way outside. Another three. Steph Curry has set a finals record. After that game, Steph was uh, talking about setting that record. Regardless of how the season went, that's that's a pretty cool deal to, to accomplish, knowing who's held the record for was that probably six, eight years? Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about trying to get a win and doing whatever you can to make that happen. Sean, go. any rash bets you'd like to make? I could uh, use a little walking around money. Do you think Cleveland will win a game? Sure. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, no. Boy, I, I don't, don't want to uh, take more of your money, I don't money, think son. Cleveland will win a game. That's what you thought about I Houston. I think LeBron's already checking real estate in other cities. Right. <laughs> Houston is a way better team than Cleveland. LeBron James with his bloody eye. <laughs> you want to uh, just run the run the same bet back? Oh boy! All right, yeah. All right, fifty F- bucks. Fifty bucks. I say Cleveland wins a game. Let's double it. And if it happens, <laughs> and if it happens, it'll be what you yeah. said. The, the the Warriors just lose focus oh, because wait. they're yeah. so. Caveat. Jack, don't you dare wear anything Warriors-related. <laughs> no, 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 you no, no, no. No, 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 you don't get to tug the threads of the fabric <laughs> of the universe to win the bat. <laughs> All right, that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> you know, the president's lawyer going out and saying, you know, the president could shoot the... Special counsel and get away with it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's just funny that anybody would say that. Well, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, we we and listen. If you're all aghast at all this, yeah, we get that. It's a horrible notion. It's so horrible. It's ridiculous. It's a, don't don't worry. It's not going to happen. And if it did, it would be dealt with swiftly oh, and boy. mercilessly. So Apple's going to have a conference today and talk about uh, helping us with our addictions to smartphones, which I'm pretty interested in, because I worry about that all the time. 
Um, I got a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh that. yeah, good stuff. Hey, Bill, thanks for the fratellis, Michael. Cool. Bill Clinton did a hell of an interview over the weekend. It's getting a lot of attention. We'll play you some of that. And the FBI agent who started dancing, dropped his gun, and shot somebody. There you go. That coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, man, the FBI's had a rough go of it for like the last year or so. Not all but their fault, but just just a number of things. You you throw in the Secret Service, just some of our, Ah, like, the people that we think of as, like, you know, perfect, really. And my vision of them. The elite. The most buttoned up and combed down of us. Getting with whores, drinking, smashing into cars, etc. Having affairs and texting political things and stuff like that. Just all left a different image. And now this video is everywhere today of this FBI agent at at some sort of dance-off. Decides to... uh, What am I hearing here? Okay. This FBI agent at some sort of dance-off decides to uh, do a flip on the dance floor. His gun falls out. And then as he scrambles to pick it up, he sh- he fires it, which is... Oh, boy. I mean, these are some of the maybe best trained gun handlers in America. Well, and the look on the guy's face is like, oh, hey, sorry, everybody. Sorry, that was kind of rude. It's like he broke wind or something. Sorry, I mean, his reaction was like... He... shot in the crowd yeah. and hit a guy. Oh, non-life-threatening injuries, but shot a guy. Wow. Very easily, obviously. <laughs> tape of the incident. Very easily, obviously, could have killed someone. Very yeah, easily. Oh my, yeah, or changed someone's life in a horrifying way. Do you way. want to hear audio from some of the witnesses? Sure. Oh, sure. It was a breakdown circle, like quintessential breakdown circle. Oh, yeah. There was one man who was doing flips, and then he left, and the FBI agent, I guess, I, we didn't know that, he came on the scene and he did a backflip. And he was dancing, and then right as he did that backflip, his gun fell out, and it hit the ground. Um, it shot off. Well, high spirits are saying, saying the gun went off from someone's pocket. About two minutes after that, paramedics start flooding in, and they're crowding this guy. I would certainly hope that alcohol was not involved, because as a gun owner myself, um, and being someone who's part of the community that cares about gun safety, I'm very responsible with my firearm. Oh, I know my friends you're are as well. You cannot carry if you're in a bar or an establishment or if you've been drinking. Mm, maybe you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I'm very concerned about it. So it, well, this story uh, says it, it went off as he is scrambling to pick it up because guns, most gun owners claim, I've never dropped my gun repeatedly to see if I could get it to fire, but uh, most people believe a gun won't go off by dropping it. Um, it makes more sense that it went off as he was, you know, ah! like scrambling hurriedly to pick it up. Right. Yeah. What a doofus. Well, I, I wish him luck in his new career because oh, his present one is over. Well, it should be. I it, It's almost got he to He's almost certainly drunk, right? Almost certainly. The idea that you decided to get into a dance off and do flips with a gun in your pocket and then and then fired it trying to pick it up sober. Well, he, he was walking unlikely. by and he recognized a quintessential breakdance <laughs> circle. 
Who? And decided he had to get involved. I know I can't resist. I see a breakdance circle. Please. I'm getting some of that. Right. Wait a minute. Time to dust off some of my moves. <laughs> Never mind this gun tucked in my waistband. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is that is quite a story. Wow, what an idiot. So the Russians met with the North Koreans over the weekend. Trump did not like that. I'm as sure he, that's, uh, you know, they're just purely intending to be helpful. As he tweeted. Anything we can do. Yeah, the Russians <laughs> want to get involved We understand somehow. there's peace coming into the peninsula. And, uh, if there's one thing we love, it's peace. How can we help? So their foreign minister, who you probably have seen, Sergei Lavrov, is uh, in a picture with a smiling little fat head. Except for he's not smiling in this picture. What's going on? Okay, here's the original picture of them together in which a stone-faced little Kim is shaking hands with the Russian foreign minister. In the picture that they used in Russia, though, little fat head is smiling. They photoshopped a smile on his face. Mm. What do you think that's all about? Just trying to make it look like they have warmer relations? Yeah, typical Russian propaganda. But there's the future of the world right there, as photoshopping and video gets better and better and better. Pretty soon, you'll be able to have a full-on meeting like that with uh, audio and video of of the meeting that didn't occur at all. Right. A joint uh, statement issued afterward where they sit there in front of all the flags, except it never happened. Which is troubling. It is troubling. It's super useful uh, to the good folks of Russia, Putin and his gang, because that's what they do. Coming up, a clip of Bill Clinton. He's doing uh, doing the rounds with James Patterson, the mystery thriller writer guy. Yeah, they wrote a novel together, allegedly. Or... My wife's read all the Patterson books. Like, there's like 90 of them. So Patterson is a guy who, like, puts his name on his people's writing. At this point, yeah. He wrote... It's like Grisham. He has a mill, a, a, a mystery mill. He wrote, like, 40 of them. Action mill. Himself. Right. Became a gazillionaire. Right. Thought, why am I still doing this? Right. Started hiring people who can also churn out a whodunit. Mm-hmm. I gotta get a writing mill. That seems like awesome work. He, oh, yeah. He puts yeah. his name on top of it, and people like my wife continue to uh, to buy them and, and, and read them. John, I don't know if you know this, but old-timey writing mills had donkeys hooked up to the uh, millstone, and they would walk around (laughs) in a circle, and that would grind out the mystery writing. But now, of course, it's all automated. It's electrical. And and in fact, in Japan, they have a nuclear writing mill. Anyway, uh, so you've got this guy who doesn't actually write anymore, and Bill Clinton, who, as far as we know, has never written any fiction in his life. But the two of them got in a room and hashed out a few ideas well, it's got and a, then sent it down to the writing Well, mill. it's got a presidential theme, and so right. Bill Clinton does have some well, things see, to add from that standpoint. I'll bet he would be a great consultant About on that DC stuff. and that Went sort to of a stuff. party on Saturday that had a, had a presidential theme. It was a lot of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Who'd you dress as? Grant. Always the cool. drinker. Yeah, if you're going to a party, <laughs> dress as the drinker. It's a little, oh, little party I get hack it. for you. Good strategy, yeah. The new yeah. Grant biography is supposed to be fantastic. Bill Clinton actually mentioned over the weekend that it might be his favorite book. Really? Yeah. i got to read that. I've read parts of it, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Grant's been rehabilitated. For whatever reason, when we were kids, we were told he was a corrupt loser. And all the yeah. historians have now said, wait a second, that's not what happened. That was Southerners uh, uh, painting the guy who won the war as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a criminal. And it's just not the case. And so he's right. been completely really rehabilitated in the last couple of years by a number of biographers. It's interesting, just yeah. from a historical standpoint. What of the uh, narrative that he simply was not terribly engaged in the minutiae of the office and thereby uh, uh, more liable to be bamboozled by some of his uh, oh, sure. his people? Is yeah. that part still legit? Because that's yeah. the idea I had. I, I'll read that. I think Grant's a great example of, and, and I can't remember who made this point. I should because it really affected me. Um 
they were talking about not making a hero of, I think it may have been Martin Luther King Jr., um, that you need to continually remind yourself how human these people are, that they don't, you know, uh, breathe mercury and poo solid gold. They're every bit as human as you are, as every bit as prone to self-doubt and fear and fatigue and indigestion. And, oh, my God, it's hot and humid out today. And they do the right thing and the brave thing nonetheless. And to make, you know, superheroes of, of, of King or George Washington or the guy who won the Civil War to a, to a large extent. Um, is a mistake, and and Grant, it's a little easier to do because he was he was not a terribly impressive guy. He it, was, certainly um, pre-war. He was uh, working in his dad's store and not doing a very good job of it when he got called up to the Civil War, and in in an, in a couple of years, he's commanding the biggest army that ever put and put together on Earth. It's mm-hmm. really quite amazing that that would happen. But Chernow, who wrote the book, he's the guy who wrote Alexander Hamilton that turned into the musical. Uh, it's like a thousand pages if you want to read that much on Grant. Oh, he, no. He says the most impressive battle that Grant ever won was his battle against alcohol and his ability to stop drinking, which wow. as a sober alcoholic, I found very interesting. Interesting. Um, Is there like a 300-page version available? No. you got to read a thousand I, I pages. A thousand it. pages. you got to show you're dedicated. And then in fourth grade, Grant's fortunes turned as he learned cursive. He also, I don't need that stuff. Chernow also says if you haven't studied Reconstruction, then you haven't studied the Civil War. Ah. You stopped before the good stuff happened, which I think is really interesting, and Grant presided over that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Bill Clinton getting angry about Monica Lewinsky coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. (laughs) 